You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. We're back. I'm back. They were back last week, but I'm back. And Grant brought his charger, so he's back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Zone 32 podcast. It's been a long time since I've spoken to y'all, but anyway, got the trio here. It's a room full of heroes. His name is Grant. His name is Will. His name is Drew. Last Sunday, last weekend, I was trapped in the mountains with Bigfoot because I didn't want to show my face after what the fuck happened with Team Aquafresh and Flipper. Last week, we played Pat the Patriot. Fucking that bullshit. The fucking guy with the hat and all that. The flying Elvis. And the first time, the Ravens actually got a win up in Foxborough. So, Drew, I'm going to start with you. Give me your thoughts on what happened last week. I would just like to say, for the record, this is the second time I'm giving my thoughts because Max is an asshole and doesn't do what he's supposed to do. Um, didn't record the first one. I, I think the defense looked better this week uh, than last week. Obviously, the turnovers at the end were clutch. You know, they, they showed up when they needed to. It was an ugly three quarters from the defense. Fourth quarter was fine. Lamar Jackson is great. Obviously, that goes without saying. Um, Devin DuVernay and Rashad Bateman are the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. And I really don't have any more hot takes besides that. Um, J.K. Dobbins is, you know, good to see him back. I'd love Ronnie Stanley to actually play this week. And then, you know, maybe we'll actually look good on offense and defense. Uh, Marcus Peters being back for a full game and looking like the old Marcus Peters is good too. So I think good things to come from on the defensive side of the ball. Anyone else like to weigh in? That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if we were in a sequence here. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the turnovers were good, obviously. Uh, Marcus Peters being around the ball. It was good to see. Uh, Marlon was a fucking animal all day. And anybody who doubts him right now is not watching the game. Um, Hamilton, uh, you know, people wanted Redemption. to doubt that pick. Yeah. Well, and you know, he, he had a couple bad plays on tape, um, for the first couple weeks, got lost, just did rookie shit, but he did something last week that, you know, it's not scheme. It's not coached. It's pure instinct, pure athleticism. And it's why we took him at 14. He can make plays like that. So, you know, our three guys that I think, and, and Marcus Williams didn't have to be like play superhero but he was everywhere still he didn't get you know he didn't force a turnover but he was all over the fucking field again so you know we had players making plays uh i had a exchange with someone after the game that the defense itself to me uh still troubling because i don't think that the the coaches are necessarily putting the guys in the best position so it's like we're relying too much on players to make plays as opposed to like uh fixing what what was wrong you know the week before, we got torched in the fourth quarter because we didn't have Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey on the field. And we had Kyle Hamilton out there relying too much on his instincts without any veterans around him. So, you know, I don't know that what happened against um, uh, the Patriots was a huge improvement over what happened against Miami other than we didn't have this huge, uh, you know, the defense didn't fall apart, but we also didn't have a bunch of rookies in the field at the same time. So, I'd like to see a better better game called on defense this week. If we don't have that, we're going to get killed because we can have as many veteran defenders in the field as we want. If the coaching is bad, we're going to get fucking picked apart because it's a much different uh, animal when you're going against Josh Allen and, and Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis and that offensive line and everything else. So, you know, 
we saw encouraging things, but I'm still concerned about the defense. If your defense is going to suck for three quarters of the game and be good in the fourth quarter versus being good for three quarters and suck in the fourth quarter, I'll take that any day of the week, though. So at least they were clutch this week. I mean, we'll again, it was, yeah. it was concerning seeing Jalen Arbor Davis getting burned every time he was on the field. He played like nine snaps and gave up two pretty big catches to Devontae Parker. Uh, that's right. not good. You know, I mean, shit's going to happen. You know, sometimes guys are going to get loose and, you know, make catches. But or that uh, at the end of, you know, right before the end of the half where we give up, what was it, like 40 yards in 10 seconds to let them kick a field goal? Yeah. You know, like shit like that's not good. You can get away with that against the Patriots. I don't know if you're going to be able to get away with that kind of stuff against teams like the Bills or, you know, maybe the Bengals later in the year, Steelers. That would always come back to bite us in the ass. So, I mean, there was what? definitely some yeah. concerning parts of the defense, but at least – when it mattered, they were at their best. So I'll take so the that coaching, as the coaching part. Yeah, and you pointed it out. The um, us, us getting, you know, Devontae Parker had like I don't know what do you have like thirty-seven yards or something coming into the, the week on like yeah. three catches or something like that. So he put up one hundred and thirty yards basically in a half on us, and it was like okay, he torched uh, Jalen Armour Davis, and then they were like okay. We got to get him off him, and we sent in uh, Pepe Williams, right? No, it was Jalen Armour Davis twice. Yeah, he got cooked. He got cooked twice. We rotated him off, and we put another rookie on him. That was like the next the next guy to cover him. I'm pretty sure. Also, you know, or no, it was Brandon Stevens. Brandon Stevens got beat for that toe tap, and you know, it's not the same thing. But I think if the guy is obviously the best receiver on the field, you gotta you gotta rotate one of our veteran lockdown cornerbacks that you know why do we have both those guys if you see this guy is breaking out move marlin onto him or move marcus over there don't let that shit happen that's the coaching that's where the coaching shows up to me it's like okay we're we're gonna we're not just gonna like say fuck it and put the best cornerback we have on him and not let that happen again if they have another guy that can do that then okay that's gonna show up pretty quickly but parker was was just having his way with us so just Put put the best guy on him and and see if that helps. I don't know. It just seems pretty fucking logical to me. It was aggravating to watch that happen to see Parker just suddenly go off for 130 yards. I feel like like aggravating is the uh, the Miami game, and I mean, a lot of that, like we talked about a little bit, was you know like with Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey missing most of the second half, and you got Jalen Armour Davis and all these guys out there right now that are inexperienced. You know, so you had him, uh, Pepe Williams was out there, and Kyle Hamilton, all three rookies. Super inexperienced, but there's one common denominator. Don't let the fastest guy in the league get behind you. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand. This, this is that was like one game where I was like, damn, man, I wish we had DMPs out there. That's super prevent. Like, you can't get deep on that super prevent. You'll give up the underneath yards all day. But at the same time, it's like there's there's a consistent basis. I think Mike McDonald can be a good DC. I see what he's doing, his concepts, his thought processes. Like, they make sense. But where he he's try, he's young he's innovative he's trying to make his stamp you know he's going to an historical defense like a defensive team you know he's got a lot to prove he's coming from you know uh, Jim Harbaugh you know going to brother to brother now back in the NFL for the Ravens you know there's a lot of pride there I think he's outsmarting himself I mean there's a lot of things I see him do he's got the right alignment but like I mean everybody kept pointing out where they ran you know no rush like okay I get it if you're gonna run that. Don't give up the underneath. So, I mean, there was a right. lot to it. I mean, you got defensive linemen dropping back into softs, and, and, but they weren't, even, they weren't even going to flats. They weren't even going hook curls. They were just kind of dropping. And there was no, like, there was windows all day. And, of course, you're going to run looking for drag routes. 
There's yeah, that, I mean, that's what you run They were looking for drag routes on the Patriots had no timeouts yeah. and I needed to be on the sidelines. Right. So, like, why yeah, we can give, yeah, all day. We can, you need we can some give them a completion, but yeah, we can give them a completion, but that, that, that first layer of the defense has to be close enough where they can't get right to where they need to be to kick a fucking field goal and get out of bounds too. Like, I mean, we just gave them exactly what they wanted there. And when I, so I want to be clear too, when I say my concern about the coaching, I'm not one of these people who's like Mike McDonald's a terrible defensive coordinator. It's a second, it was his third game as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. He coaches like a rookie. He does. So it's right. So it's like he was only what one year at Michigan too. So he's like a fresh, like DC. So and I get all that. It's just like, it, but he's surrounded by professionals. So oh. the coaching staff as a whole needs to come together and and not let these lapses happen. And the other thing that really fucking pissed me off is why can't we tackle? This was something that happened last year where we gave up these like chunks of yards mm-hmm. on dumbass fucking runs. And one of the things that was happening was Mac Jones was running all over us like he was fucking Cam Newton. So How's so that? I think a lot of our secondary tries to be Marlon and they want to go for the punch outs and they want to, you know, make that play and they focus on going for the ball instead of the carrier. And I feel like at some point guys just have to wrap up. Stop letting, stop letting guys turn five yard catches into, you know, 12 yard gains. And then the whole Mac Jones thing was just like, he did it three or four times and just our defenders were just like, Oh, he's not going to do it again this time. And then he would do it again. And it's just like, it's the same thing with Mike McDonald too, is they make the same mistake more times than they should. If you right. make a mistake once, you should learn from it and not make it again. I feel like Mike McDonald has to make the same mistake, you know, three, maybe four times before he makes an adjustment. And like, you can get away with that against the Jets and the Patriots. You're not going to get away with that in the playoffs or against, you know, an elite team. And, well, you know, I, that, have, like the talent that we have on defense, you, you can just simplify it. I mean, like, like Marcus yeah. Peters, he's one of the smartest corners in the league. He he, you know, picks up formations, coverages. He sees tendencies. Like if you've seen a couple of his interviews where he talks about that, and other players talk about, oh yeah, you know, Juice Man told me that they were going to do that or whatever. But he's like super intellectual. Like trust those guys. Like those guys are actually more veterans than McDonald is. So McDonald, with his concepts and what he tries to do with his defense and formations and all that. He needs to lean on them and say, okay. I mean, you got Calais Campbell. You got Marcus Peters. Um, I honestly Mark think Campbell. that a lot, of, a lot of what helped us defensively on Sunday against the Patriots was Marlon's energy in the second half. Like, he was having fun again. He wasn't, like, you know, I mean, he's been – he's not had that high energy that he did in 2019 when he was, like, the man. When he was – What changed in 19, yeah. What changed in nineteen? It was it was Marcus Peters. That that is the guy. That is our, our glue on defense. I mean, just the difference between him being on the field fully healthy and him being off the field and injured. It, it's night and day. The difference that that guy makes. I mean, he's the one guy who's going to get in somebody's face and tell them to fucking do their job better. And he's been good with the rookies so far. I haven't seen him do that yet. Yeah. Because again, they're they're dumb kids, so you know they're going to make mistakes. He knows that. But, and he's also going to be the guy who's going to get in and, you know, opposing player space and be like, fuck you, you just drop the ball, you suck. Yeah. So. I mean, I just mean that, like, like when Marlon started playing higher energy, the defense as a whole started playing with a yes. higher energy. I agree it with you. Contagious, like, and then they started making plays and then confidence was being built. But yeah. it was weird how I saw him, you know, yelling and fl- he made a, he made a big hit. Is what started it. He made a big hit on like a three. I think it was like a three yard out or a swing. It was or that uh, four, or 
third and short or fourth and short play mm-hmm. that he ended up. Yeah, he came up and And then it yeah, just and it was like, Peters yeah. was right in his ear hyping him up, and that's what yeah. you know. Again, like that's yeah. what I'm saying is that Peters, you know, mentality gives Marlon this like energy and confidence boost and makes him realize that he's one of the best corners in football and he should play like it. I agree. I'm excited to see uh, next week, God willing, uh, Marcus Peters on the on the field with uh, Jamar Chase because Jamar Chase has been feeling himself this year, this week, this this week, this year. Um, I'm sure he's got a lot of confidence after what he did to us last year. And you know, Marlon was only on the field for one of those games, and Marcus wasn't there for either one of them. So I think it's going to be a rude awakening uh, potentially. And if he starts running his mouth, I think it was week one. He was flipping somebody off, right? I mean, like, yeah, which was which was funny, but they lost, so it's right. really not no, that right. Funny. Yeah, but but yeah, right. And but when you talk about Ravens and, and Bengals, there's going to be some the, the tension's going to be high. So I'd like to see That's who you lock Juice Man up on. Juice right. Man will Agreed. get in his head and piss him off. That's what happened with the Jets. I mean, Drew's going to laugh, but Sauce shut him down. Sauce got in his head. Like he tried to like hit, like he like he tried to take uh, he tried to snatch you, sauce. You and your rookies, you and your fucking George Pickens and sauce shut him down. And but he frustrated him, and I that was most of it was he got in his head. It wasn't that he outskilled him. He got in his head, and Jamar Chase checks out. When you get in his head, so, he checks out. Peters would piss him off, and he would check out. I have an unrelated question for you, Grant, because I saw some graphic on the internet that said DJ Reed has the second lowest passer rating allowed in single coverage which to me looks like teams are avoiding throwing at Sauce Gardner and throwing at DJ Reed, and it's not working out well. How long until that they realize that DJ Reed's the better corner on the Jets and they should start throwing at Sauce Gardner, and then he's getting look, he looks like burnt toast going up and down the field? How many He'll weeks do you get never realize that? that because he's not the best corner. So, I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. I mean, I feel like, by like, week, eight, I feel like by like week eight, he's going to be the next Eli Apple. Gonna be Apple Island. Sauce yeah, Island. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm just wondering when that's going to happen. I mean, what we happens have two really, really good corners? It's not like you, yeah. you you're only allowed to have one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean they're, they're the Jets. Let's like let's be honest here. Hey, they're the Jets. They, they can't have good things. They're just not I allowed think to have. Their trajectory is going to be it's going to shock some people because I really like Robert Sala and I see what he's doing building in the defense and they're stupid young and I think I think uh oh too. They're going to be a problem. So are they going to allow Robert Sala to sit there and, I don't know if sucks the right word, for another year or two, though? Because he's in New York. You've got the crazy media there. Like, are they going to let him struggle? Depending on Zach Wilson, I think depending on Zach Wilson's health, he'll get a pass. Like, if Zach Wilson misses extended time or comes back and gets hurt again, they're going to he's going to have that kind of backup excuse of, you know, I didn't have our – number two pick that we've been grooming and building this offense around. So he can, he has in, in a sense an out, I guess, but I mean, I don't think Zach Wilson should have been the pick there whatsoever. I don't even think they probably should have gone quarterback to be honest with you, but no, but teams are stupid. I mean, again, we, they took people, you know, the Patriots took Mac Jones in the first round that year. Oh, and by the way, that fucking getting carried off the field, screaming shit by Mac Jones and he might play oh this week. God. Like, are you kidding me? There's a literal video of him like oh, screaming in pain. Like yeah. you would have thought he had like a fucking fatal ankle injury. Like they're gonna have to yeah. run in the locker room and, and amputate Dad's his leg. Foot, and he was gonna die. Dak's foot was facing at six o'clock, and mm-hmm. he was just calm, cool, and collected. Like I don't know if it was like adrenaline or what, but I mean, you look down and your foot's facing backwards. I mean, that's different. 
and this dude got a sprained ankle. <laughs> What's that idiot? Um, the idiot Twitter uh, sports talk Joe. I don't know what he was. Barry or some shit like that. Now um, Barry on here. Barry McCocker. Barry, Barry McCocker. Yeah. yeah. So he tweeted the picture of him getting carried off the field in black and white and put like saving private Ryan 1999. Uh, and I was just like, I was like, that is a great tweet. That's exactly. You would have thought that Matt Jones got his leg blown off by a fucking landmine. And I was just like, and then um, I'm hearing on the radio this morning that he might play this week, that he's telling his teammates that he might be ready to go. I'm like, be you can't. The team. You know, I don't, I don't want anybody to be hurt, but I'd be mad as shit if he was my quarterback. Cause your quarterback's supposed to be your leader, your general, like all yeah. that stuff. If my general was a pussy, I'd be like, damn, man, we got to find another guy. Hopping off the field is fine because again, like something happens in the moment and you're just trying to get to the sideline because you think something's wrong with your leg. All right, I, I totally get that. Like, you see your career flash before your eyes. Like, what, whatever, that's fine. The second he gets to the sideline and realizes, like, okay, it's not fucking broken. It's not facing the wrong way. Like, it hurts, but it's, you know, whatever. He, he's getting carried by two dudes, and he's got that big-ass security guard behind him walking down the fucking tunnel screaming. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, you Major cannot do Ronnie that. Major Ronnie Stanley energy. Major Ronnie yeah. Stanley we've all, energy. We've all sprained an ankle before, and, okay, I mean, it doesn't feel good when you sprain your ankle, but it only hurts when you're walking on it. So if you're being carried right. by multiple grown men, it doesn't fucking hurt. No. Maybe you missed and out I, on a page bonus or something. But like I said, like I get the fear of like you, you feel something happen to your leg and you're like, oh, fuck. Like I'm, this is my, you know, this is my moneymaker here. Like if my leg's fucked up and I can't play football again, I'm, I don't have any other life skills. Like that's fine. You know, Mac Jones doesn't know how to drive a car properly. You know, really isn't a good NFL quarterback. So, like, I understand, like, he sees his cash cow going away with an injury. But the second, like you said, the second you realize that, okay, it only hurts when I put weight on it, you're probably going to live and you're probably going to be okay. So, like, let's calm down and not be carried off the field screaming. If he wasn't in the NFL, though, he'd probably work at Jose Banks 100%. I don't know because you've got to drive to most Jose Banks. And I I don't think he has a license. And he's got two DUIs. I feel like he can't, you know, I feel like he can't drive a car. Well, unfortunate got- his, it's unfortunate his mother unfollowed me on Twitter because I would have some fucking funny you know, jokes for this. I wish he did work at Joseph A. Bank because then James could go talk to him. He, he did say that he'd like to go up there and get uh, fashion tips from those guys, the manager up there. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. That looks to look good. That looks to look good for his $20 strippers. So. We call this a Windsor. Most definitely. So oh, I have a couple of final thoughts to that. I mean, you guys pretty much hit everything on the head. Run defense looked bad again. Kind of like week one when they're giving up 20-yard runs to Michael Carter and Brees Hall. So fast forward this week, you're giving up similar to Ramondre Harris. Not Andres, Ramondre Stevenson. I combined there, so that let's correct that. But that wasn't good. It was good to see them close out, so it makes you wonder, what are you trying to be? Are you trying to be a bend-but-don't-break defense, or are you trying to be a shut-down Ravens kind of defense? Because they're not that. They don't – they're – they don't play that way. You don't give up what you gave up against Miami and then what you gave up against the Patriots and like and call yourself that. You're giving up yards and teams aren't scoring. That's I mean, that's essentially what you are. It's like the Patriots of old, the Dean Pease defenses, that kind of thing. But anyway, we'll move but on. No, I do. If they if they come out flat against the Bills, they're gonna be a that's ten on that on that fuck around and find out scale that's going around right now. They're gonna be a ten. They're gonna fuck yep. around and find out. Yep. The Bills, the Bills defense does not scare me at all. It's the offense. It's oh, the, oh, you yeah. got to hit Josh Allen early and often like Miami did last week, and that's it could be a, a game. 
It could be an Appalachian State UNC game, 63-61. It could, yeah, or it could be uh, you know, 35-0 Ravens lead at halftime. Like I could very I could very well see. I, I think Lamar is gonna Are we comfortable with that? You know, I was just about to say, are well, you comfortable yeah, I, I want, I want, I want a game like that because I want to be comfortable with that going forward. I, I want a big lead against a good team with a good offense and we shut them down in the second half because I don't want that lingering all year. Because if we blow out some shitbag team and, like, you know, we carry it all the way through the fourth quarter, like, that doesn't really answer my questions because we got we to gotta do it against a good team with a good offense so that I can be, like, confident that in the future when we get up to a 21-point lead against a good team, like, I know we're going to hold on to that shit. Remember the days when we'd be up by a touchdown in the second half and we were just as comfortable as Justin Tucker lined up for a 40-yarder? Those were the days. Yeah, and now it's like yeah, no lead is safe for us at, at this point, and I, I want to be proven wrong on that. I do not want to go 17 games plus the playoffs this year and be like, well, we only got to you know start playing that clock game of, you know, it's, it's 14 minutes left in the fourth, and, like, maybe they can get three possessions out of this and we're only up, you know, 14 points, so that's not enough, and we got to score a touchdown this drive. I, I don't want to play that game all year. Like, yeah. that's not that's not good for my my physical health. Like, it'll take years off my life. I'm not trying to deal with that. <laughs> no, that's a fact. But to get back into the bills and everything, if you're not getting, like you guys said, if you're not getting to that offense becomes an inevitability because they're going to score. Like, Josh Allen with time, that's an unfair receiver core to have to cover, even though we do have one of the better quarterback tandems in the league, maybe the best with Peters and Marlon, especially when they're at the top of their game. But at the same time, you have some young CB3s and Stevens or Pepe or Jalen Armour Davis. So then you're having to cover, whether it's Crowder, whether it's Isaiah McKenzie, as long as he does something stupid again and get tackled in bounds and the time runs out, that's cool. But that being said, they, they're young and you'll see them have their hiccups. So you can't fault them and call them trash yet. Like they're, they're still learning, just like Kyle Hamilton's still learning, just like you guys touched on. Mike McDonald's still learning how to call NFL games on defense. So, I mean. That's a key. So, I saw a, that yeah. the, the Dolphins. So, we just saw the Dolphins hold uh, the Bills to, what was it, 19 points? Or 17 points. So, it was 19-17. Yeah. So, uh, they, I think that they ran co- their cover zero for the first four series of the game. And then they went to a cover two. And it, they didn't really have an answer for it. Now, obviously, Buffalo is going to be ready this week for you know a different look. But it seems like focusing more on covering the receivers than blitzing is the way to to slow that offense down. Um, I think if you blitz too much, Allen is mobile and strong. So, like if you bring a cornerback and he doesn't get a, a you know clean run at him, that's not all you're doing is is wasting a defender. So. Um, we got to focus on, I, you know, I think making it harder for Josh Allen to throw the ball, um, as opposed to trying to get him moving around. Cause we know how dangerous he is once he starts moving around. So, um, you know, hopefully they're paying close attention and hopefully McDonald's ready to pivot quickly. If his plan I, is, I will working. say, I will say in McDonald's defense, having watched him all last year at Michigan early in the year, last year, he had a, a shit showing against Rutgers. And Rutgers was in a game way later against Michigan than they should have had. They should have been. Um, he had that Kenneth Walker game where Kenneth Walker ran for like five touchdowns and they had no answer to stop the run. And then later in the year when you got to the Ohio State game, like he had figured it out by then. And, you know, he kept Ohio State off the board for long enough that Michigan's offense could put up a big lead and Ohio State could never come back from it. 
So I, I feel like with time and with experience with the players that he has, he does tend to do better. But, you know, this isn't college and you're not playing, you know, some shitty college that doesn't really have the same skill level as you. Like all NFL teams have have talented players. Well, and these so next we, two two weeks are are very important. Yeah, so. are, are big. You know, you you got to beat the bank. You got to make a statement against the Bengals in Week Five, and I think beating the Bills in Week Four is another big statement that you can make that rolls into that Bengals game. So these are two huge games, and I have no you know no fear that the offense that Lamar Jackson is on a mission this year, and that he's not going to do his thing, and he's not going to put up you know three four touchdowns. He's not going to put up thirty five points, but you got to have the defense to back that up because yeah, we can't I, be in, yeah. you know, 35, 31 shootouts every week. Dude, he's, I don't, Lamar is so fucking locked in right now, and I love it. He is locked in. I have in. no doubt about him. I, I don't want I don't want us fighting 500, though. That's my thing. It's like yeah. we lose yeah. this game this week, and then it's like, all right, got to win a game to get back to 500. Got to win another game. So I just – I don't like that idea. You know, it's early in the season, but it's not that early in the season at this point to be at that point where we're we're having to string together wing wins to get over five hundred. You know, the we should win. Use the, yeah, say, we should the, win this division easily. We should win this division easily. We are better than the well, Bengals. We are obviously better than the Steelers, and the Browns are are hanging around right now, but they clearly are not on the same level as us. And we don't know what they're going to look like with Watson when he comes back, but we have this, this when he's to come back week 13, we have until week 13 to build up a lead on them where it doesn't matter when he comes back. So well, like, lose we can't, tonight, they're one and three. So, I mean, like that's, you need to take advantage of that. Exactly. Right. So like, you know, right now is when we need to build up a lead in the division. Winning the division is, should be the absolute number one priority, no matter where we fall on the seating. Winning the division because you know we're not going to be worse than fourth. You know we're going to get a, a home game out of it. So, or we may get a home game out of. It. I guess we got to be a, a, in one, two, or three seed. But you know, we, we, we sucks. So that should be an right. easy. You definitely, if you win yeah. our division, should one hundred percent be top three. Right. We need getting a home game and winning the division. Like those, those are the priorities. The seating, I don't really give a shit about. Um, and when, you know, I'm not overly concerned about anybody except our the people, the, the other teams in our division winning those games, but winning games against Buffalo goes a long way. And winning the division reasons. means you took care of business against the Bron- the Bengals and the Steelers who have been an issue for us the last couple of years. Right. And so, you know, you, you got to take care of business there and, you know, kind of get that monkey off your back for whatever reason, no matter how bad the Steelers are, they always give us a problem. So let's not have that be a problem this year. Oh, I remember I mean, the only batch games. Yeah, it's yep. just for what yep. that it's always ugly. I mean, again, even that game where we had our fucking JV COVID squad yes, and they had their all stars, like we, you know, we still fucking, it was still a close game. It's always close. It always comes down to some meaningful play against them. And let's hope the ball bounces our way this year. You know, let's hope that it's Marlon making that strip sack in overtime that wins us a game or, um, you know, we make it's not Antonio Brown reaching over the goal line at the, you know, last minute to to take a game. Like, let's, let's make sure that. Greg Roman calling the exact same play twice that yep. turns into a pick six, the Roberts Belaine uh, pick six. Like I know Lamar Jackson has those Pittsburgh games circled because there's been a couple of losses where it's like one play made the difference. I know at least one of the losses we have to them since Lamar has been started was that Roberts Belaine uh, pick six game where I think it was like the first, first throw of the game maybe, but they're down at um, six and 10 for first day over the middle. Yep. Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I know Lamar remembers that, and he's like, 
that game, we lost that game by four points or something like that. So like the pick six was truly the difference in that game. And it was one, it, it was the first points that were on the board. So we were chasing yeah, that game. Quarter collapse too, that game. Weren't we up? I think we were, we, yeah, we were winning and then we ended up losing. Yeah, yeah, but I think we were up like six or so. Like it wasn't like a huge uh, lead that we blew. But it was yeah, just but, kind of but, it was yeah, one of those but, back and forth games. But it was one of those games we would have been up by two scores if not for that first mistake. So yeah. and and then there was another pick on a dumbass play call later in the game. So, you know, it, these are things they're they're easily fixable and it's not the same team. None of that matters, but I know Lamar remembers all all those games. I mean, he seems to be checking off the calendar this year of, you know, you got your head-to-head with Flacco that you looked great and won. Mm-hmm. You know, Miami Miami gave you an issue last year, and, you know, people said that they exposed you, that you can't throw against pressure, and he and came they, out they and claimed, tore yeah, them apart. And they, yeah, and they claimed that uh, Lamar wants to go play for them. Yeah, and then, you know, so the first game against the Patriots, we won um, when, you know, Patriots were 9-0 coming into M&T, and we beat them and knocked them off that. But then the next time it was that weird rain game at Gillette where it was, you yeah. know, gross weather. And then us, yeah, and Lamar had a fumble that game that was meaningful. And, you know, people were dropping past over. So it just seems like he's checking off his list of, like, these are my revenge games. So I think this week against Buffalo is that playoff revenge game. He's because like the first game. Jimmy and Billy Madison before he puts his lipstick on, checking off. Yeah, he's all he's got his list, and he's, you know, he's, he's ready to fucking take out all his enemies. So Yep. Yep. Well, one thing that will go a long way with key, with a key to victory, double teaming Von Miller. Doesn't matter if Ronnie Stanley's back or not. If he's your first game back going up against him with the way he's playing to start the season, help. If if Ronnie doesn't him, play, if Ronnie doesn't yeah. play this week, I'm gonna fucking blow a gasket. Like after today, yep. where he's given his interviews oh, yeah. of, but so this is the first time he's spoken publicly in a while, probably over a year would be my guess. And he's talking about, I feel great. I feel like I'm almost there. Like I'm ready to go. Just fucking bite the bullet and get on the field, man. You know, Flaley looked better as the game went on, but that was because we put Ricard behind him almost every play and gave him that second blocker to help him. So like, you know, he's raw. Flaley might be good in a couple of years, but he's not ready to be your starting left tackle. But you're paying Ryan Stanley a $100 million contract. Like fucking get on the field and play. And I, but I think that's set up even when Stanley comes back with Ricard on a on a help side, not necessarily his side, but that might give a little bit of leverage away to help him, his health overall if he knows that he's got some type of help. But that sets up those flares and those little mini wheels and those hooks and those types of routes that Ricard runs when he sh- fakes those blocks and releases. So, I mean, I do like how they used him that way on on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's the right way to use Patrick Ricard. Other than yeah. being your short yardage back, that's the other thing that he's best at, is that he'll find somebody and he'll hit the fuck out of them, and he'll make sure that they don't get to the quarterback. So if you're going to use Patrick Ricard, enough of this motion out of the slot shit and yeah, having him taken out a corner, like put him on a linebacker, put him on a defensive lineman, and he's bigger, faster, and stronger than them, and he'll take care of them. Yeah. You're just doing too much when you do the slot motion stuff with him. I mean, there's no point in even having him out there. What is he going to do? He's going to run. Yeah, because you know that he's not going to draw a corner, and you know that he's not. You're not, you know, diagnosing any kind of man coverage there or anything like that. Like you're just you're doing motion for the sake of motion at that point, and that's well, what's the point of that? Like everything that you do should have some kind of point. You know, it actually helps the defense because of they know that they know that it's not a threat outside of the numbers. So. 
Well, and they know if he's the cover from left to right that he, it's probably a run to the right. You know what I mean? Like they know yeah, that if he's moving across the formation, there's a reason why he's moving across the formation. They're not going to run away from him, like you said. Exactly. And, you know, maybe once or twice they can catch somebody napping and run the opposite direction. But in reality, like if you're moving Patrick Carr to the right side of the formation, it's because you're trying to do something on the right side of the formation. So you're really just telegraphing what you're doing. And, again, that's another fault of Greg Roman of just like does constantly dumb shit that the other team can figure out. So – Let's it's just cut weird down on how that he just like, he fucking freezes, man. Like when it matters, mm-hmm. it's like he panics and he just like and the I mean we all talk about it and it's been a problem. But the worst fucking thing is getting these plays in so late, dude. Like if you're giving Lamar this season, he's gotten he seems like he has more kind of control of the offense with reading the defense, audibles, those types of things. But man, you got a huge play clock. Get the fucking play in. Give him at least. 12 seconds, 13 seconds to set up, read the defense. Like, it'd be so much more effective that way. But like I said before, he's got finished chewing his fucking cheeseburger before he calls the play in. I would say that it's been better this year, though. I, I, there, are, there have been a couple plays where it's kind of you bring it down to the wire. But in general, I think he is getting the play call in faster. It's just not every play. And again, we got to do this, you know, 60 minutes, full games. None of this, you know, partial excellence nonsense. Like, let's let's have put together a complete performance on both sides of the ball. Well, and that's the frustrating part because about the Miami game. That's why that game to me is probably top three worst losses in our that I've seen in a, like a really long time. And it's because we dominated the shit out of them for three quarters, like like completely dominated them, and then all of a sudden just deer in the headlights collapsed. and didn't know what to do at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and then that's not a Ravens thing that I'm used to seeing. Of typically, if you put the Ravens in a, a clutch position, it usually works out to their benefit. I mean, there the have been over Jacksonville in London. That was a shit show. Yeah, but that was not US, so it didn't count. And then the yeah, sorry, and then the the two 14 point uh, leads that we lost to the Patriots on fucking reverse passes and trick plays and dinks and dunks and and eligible receivers and all that stupid shit. Well, that was right. the NFL changed that rule right after. So I don't know what that view looked like on television. I was sitting in the stands for that, so it was weird it watching. Was obvious the shit. He never. I mean, it was the most blatant. But it shit was ever. like, they, but they were announcing which tackle was eligible, and then the Patriots were snapping the ball a half a second later, and so it was almost like the Ravens had no chance to counter what was going on there. And I'm not absolving that. Like that was still terrible. Like you can't let that fuck you up, and you can't let that get you off your right. game. But it was it was a clear tactic by Belichick to piss the Ravens off and throw them off, and it worked. But that's what happens when you play against the best coach of all time. So, yeah, he's Darth Vader of the NFL for sure. Yeah, he he finds any little fucking loophole and he exploits that. So <laughs> that was a Star Wars joke. For if you. Cincinnati wins tonight, by the way, it's it's uh, Spygate 2.0. I just want to start that now. I don't know if you guys saw that shit drop on Twitter where some kid broke into the University of Cincinnati facility yeah, and was um, taping all the uh, the Dolphins plays. It was Barstool Cincinnati. But apparently yeah. they came out with an no, article. No, no, no. It, wasn't like, it was, they, they got the video. It was some random account, but Barstool Cincinnati was the one who made it blow up. Well, yeah. so apparently it came out that they, the Dolphins saw, like, people filming. Mm-hmm. And they put 12 people on offense the whole time, and they ran, like, a gimmick offense. No, like, that wasn't so their actual offense. follow-up to that, so that's good. Yeah. I just randomly saw that article on Twitter earlier. I have to find it, but yeah, they were saying how they noted somebody for the Dolphins noticed people like up there, 
So I, I, they might have saw the video or something. So they started putting 12 people on offense, is what Mike McDonald said, and they just started running random shit. Fair, so they didn't actually – I mean, still, you, yeah. you got to – I think you got to suspend Joe Burrow for a whole year for that. You should. Yep. Uh, yes, definitely. Yes. If call he call can take him for a whole year for wearing that fucking suit today. If he doesn't yep. turn over his phone to Goodell within like three days, I think that he's got to be suspended for at least four games. Yeah, that's only fair. That's, that's the first Got thing him. that caught that came to my mind when I saw that suit was that scene from True Detective. You want to make flowers today? <laughs> that's that's the first thought that came to my mind. It's like, damn it. I don't get the hype with him either. Like it just it, it blows my fucking mind how much people love that guy. I, I don't get oh, it. Most are getting some juice. Oh shit, man. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right on that, Drew. You look, he looks and acts like a fucking dick. He, to me, he's a poor man's Aaron Rodgers without the ayahuasca trip and the rants about COVID and the three-hour conversation with Joe Rogan. Oh, I'm that, sure if you, I'm sure if you ask Joe Burrow, he comes off as in private. I bet you he's got a lot of staunch Republican views. I bet you he's got a lot of outdated views on um, people of other genders and ethnicities. I'm sure that there are things that you know the Bengals are hiding from coming to light. So just, he comes just off as, that out there. He comes off as like the rich kid villain in whatever fucking Macaulay Culkin movie you're trying to watch. Just like, <laughs> joke's on you, buddy. My dad bought the park that you're trying yeah. to play in, so fuck off. <laughs> now, as I, yeah. now watch me eat my chili spaghetti and fuck my cousin. <laughs> I will never let that go with that fucking fan base. Never. Nope. 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 They're, they're, you know, and, inbred, inbred chili spaghetti loving fucks. That's uh, all yep. be that. Really. Absolutely, and, and Nazis, actual Germany. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, so now you're saying Several, yep, that fucking I'm glad, guy. I'm glad that I brought you in the light on that one. <laughs> I forgot about that guy. That's your BFF. Oh, fucking clown! What a fucking clown! That whole Bengals fan base is just fucking losers who got overhyped on one year. That's why yep. I can't wait till they fucking fall flat on their faces here. It's just they like seeing shit franchises like have a successful time, but they man, they ruined it. But see, the thing is, is like when the Browns sucked forever, like they were still selling out games and they still had like a fucking crazy fan base. And so yeah. to some degree, I was like, I hate that you guys are winning games because you're a division rival, but I'll also live with it because you guys somewhat deserve to have, you know, kind of nice things. And now it's like, you know, these Bengals fans like didn't exist. There was like 12 fans a game at Paul Brown Stadium. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're, you know, almost won the Super Bowl. Like fuck off! Yep. I just I can't I can't handle that kind of shit. Yeah, their internet presence is far greater than their actual stadium attendance. Was it? People I know back that way routinely roast the Bengals for the lack of attendance in their stadiums. Even when they are good, they kept doing that. So fuck off of that yeah. bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely agree. They're fucking, and those three receivers have been feeling themselves all season and last off season like nobody's business. Boyd is probably the most tolerable of the three, even though he's still a cunt. But nah, fuck him. Fourth and, fourth nah, and I like T. Higgins. Fucking, T. Higgins. I, I, I like T. Higgins. Nah, fuck T. Higgins, uh, too. I like T. Agreed. Anybody Grant likes, agreed. I don't like. So. <laughs> I know. I'm agreed just going to start about- making up people. I'll be like, man, I love Jimmy Neutron. And then be like, man, fuck Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, he's not boy genius. Him. Yeah, fuck to him be fair, and his fuck fucking him. pointy hair. Sheen was a better character. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Fuck that whole show, because then you had fucking Sheed come out. Ah, take the red pill. I love the red pill. And then Carl comes out of nowhere with the fucking llamas, talking about yep. the black pill, and then getting into some fucking racist mind comp shit. So fuck that whole show. And his and Jimmy Neutron's fucking swirly ice cream hair. 
His dad was kind of funny, even though he kept talking about pie. Of course, that's kind of the whole that's the whole attraction with Nickelodeon in dads anyway, because they're all fucking batshit crazy. The best one though was Professor Membrane, Invader Zim. It's a good thing I exist. I'm telling you, I got future future Zone Thirty Two episode ideas. Of we bring Robert on here and let him just spout off any take that he has, and Will and I just demolish him for like an hour. And then the next, next week, up. Grant Grant will just give me a list of people that he likes, and I'll go through why they're terrible people. And oh, why they're bad, whatever they I'll make yeah. you a list of like my favorite player for each position. <laughs> we can Robert do a fucking top ten, top fifteen wide receivers again. So I'm just, yeah, yeah, Cooper, Cooper Cup is not top ten, but DJ Moore is. That that was a that yep. was a Robert pick. So yep, DJ Moore is top seven in Robert size. Cooper Cup is not top ten. Mike Evans. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but not he, Cooper. But Robert, but Robert doesn't want DJ Moore on his, his fantasy team. Yeah, that's right. Just seems like there. Maybe did, did he have carrots before you offered him the trade? Do we know? I don't. I don't know. But he was offered a very fair trade. In fact, the trade analyzer gave him the advantage by by one point. And you always he, about a trade analyzer. Yeah, yeah Watson. Yeah. Other other than the problematic name of the trade analyzer on ESPN, which is Watson, <laughs> for the record. Uh, I don't know if somebody oh, overlooked no. that, but. Yeah, that's that's not great by ESPN, but you know it is what it is. But yeah, Robert just seems to be going back on his uh, his word here that DJ Morris top seven wide receiver and he doesn't want him. It just seems yeah. you know, questionable behavior by him, if we're being honest. I can't like wait to the theory of those lots and happy endings from ESPN. Oh, <laughs> I I can't wait till we uh, get back to the the uh, Twitter group chat and I let him know that that trade was just bait for us to talk about on this podcast. Damn well, right. and so does he pull what he did with the Cooper Cup stuff where he deletes everything and it's just like, oh, I was wrong. Oh, shit. You know, like, while, we're, while, while we're doing this, I'm going to look these up and start retweeting them. Might as well. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a long thread of bad Robert takes that just made my Mike Evans take look terrible because he was on my side. If you ever have a thought on a wide receiver and Breakfast Carrot slash Robert agrees with you, you're probably wrong, so you should get rid of that take. No, nah, that's a fact. Yeah. And on that note... I think it's about that time for us to tell you we'll be back next week with another Zone 32. We'll be roasting. We'll be roasting Robert. We'll be roasting the man who runs the Purple Pants account for more Thomas because you have to. No, we haven't. About, we haven't. I thought about him when I went to Target one day. They had a sale on tiki torches, so I've, I've stood there I like, thought oh, about him on January 6th, but then I uh, forgot about him. So. Yeah, exactly. But anywho. We'll be back next week to talk about this, that, and the Bills game and whatever the fuck happens with that. I might make some Old Bay wings, but I might not make Old Bay wings because fuck that shit. Eat buffalo wings after you play the Bills. But anyway, now I'm going to make a noise. See ya! Zone, Zone 32. 32.